Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. What's up, y'all? Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Heart. I'm so glad you guys are here today. It's a packed house. Thousands of people here this morning. Trust us online, if you're watching online, thousands of people here, you're missing the party. It's amazing uh, with uh, where the world has gone that we're still gathering, that you're not in your pajamas at home watching online, isn't it? So I'm, uh, I'm very grateful that y'all are here this morning. My name is Dominic. I'm the leader here at The Heart. And before we uh, get going into the message today, I want to invite you to however you got here today, whoever you know tricked you into being here, or maybe you wanted to come and you were a little bit nervous, or maybe you've been excited to come to church today, wherever it is, that for the next 25 minutes or so, you let yourself be here in this room. Let your mind be here. Let your heart be here. Let your spirit be here. And let's see. Let's see if, if God can do something in you today. Let's see if God can show you something. And even, even if you're not quite there yet and you're not there on your journey of faith, let's just see if you can pull something out of today that can help you in your life. Here at the heart, when, you know, when, we, when we do things on a Sunday, it's not just about let's read from the Bible and memorize a, a scripture and let's go on our day, grow on our week. What we really want to do is be able to see how we can grow as people, how we can grow in our family, how we can grow as a community, how we can do more, how we can move forward. We're in a series right now called Moving Forward, and the idea of this came from this, this concept of now that we're kind of stepping out of pandemic world, we're kind of stepping out of all of that, and you know we're, we're all hanging out with our masks uh, off, which is exciting, and, we're, and some of us are venturing out more and more going out into the world. There's still a, a, a piece that we're going to all have to face, and that is what we have been dealing with psychologically, right? Maybe you can now go get a cup of coffee without a mask, but over the past year and a half, almost two years, we have had to deal with quite a bit psychologically and emotionally. Now, I am not here to be your counselor. I'm not qualified to be your counselor. I can get you some references to some counselors, but I am not here to do that for you. But what I do want to do is be in this mess with you because I'm just like you. I'm in this mess. I've been dealing with all kinds of stuff, and I want to know how for myself I can move forward, how I can get my rhythm back, get my groove back. That's an older reference if you were born in the 80s. Stella, remember Stella? She got her groove back. (laughs) Okay. Let's get back on track here. And so the first couple of weeks moving forward, if you haven't, if you haven't been here or, or it's your first time here, you can always go check back on YouTube or on the podcast. We, uh, we talked about how moving forward, we, we, we're not starting from scratch, okay? We have some things that, that we can bring forward with us. We have faith, hope, and love. We can bring those things with us. And then we kind of see that we, we, over the past couple of years, we've been able to, what have we learned that we can bring with us as we move forward? And then last week, Crystal brought an amazing message of boundaries, how to establish healthy boundaries in our life. And so what I want to do today is I want to talk about what it looks like to establish, to have, and to practice self-control. And I have to say that this is going to get very, uh, I always, uh, well, it's a half joke that you guys are my therapy session, my weekly therapy session. You guys always show up on time. It's amazing. Um, So I really appreciate y'all doing that. But for myself, I have a hard time 
with self-control. Uh, if if uh, we just had heartbeat yesterday, uh, if, if you missed heartbeat, it was a heck of a party. Um, and we had a heartbeat at my house, and there was a bag of Doritos that was left at the house. And it's all I can think about. <laughs> and I don't want them in my house. I don't want to eat those Doritos. But every time I open that pantry, uh, it's almost like I can't even look at the Doritos because I can't control myself to not grab a handful. Is anybody else like that at all? Just a few, okay, all right, a few brave souls. Um, everyone else is perfect or just doesn't have a problem with Doritos. I have a problem with self-control, and for me, it is a practice. It's a practice of, you know, getting people in my life that can help me say, okay, look, I don't want to eat Doritos. If you see me with Doritos, can you knock them out of my hand? If you see me on the way, in fact, the other day, y'all, this is serious. Oh, man, I haven't even told anybody this. Um, get ready. Buckle up. Where's my wife? Uh, I was on my way to Earth Burger. I'm vegetarian, if y'all don't know. Um, not to brag. Uh, and I was on my way to Earth Burger, which is Whataburger for vegetarians. And uh, I was on my way there to get a Beyond Meat burger with vegan cheese, sliced jalapenos, it's saucy, y'all, and then fries. And I literally drove into the parking lot, and I thought, this is not good self-control. And I wasn't even preparing for this message. It was just me trying to get my life together. And I turned around, and I went to Chipotle. Like, that was any better. <laughs> oh, you know how it is, though. Sometimes you feel better making a, that kind of decision. That's the kind of self-control. So I need people in my life. I need things in my life. And another thing I don't have self-control over, as long as you're asking me about it, fine, one more example, is I do not have good self-control when I get angry. When I get angry and I get upset, one of my main things that I do, my automatic, I don't have to practice this, you know what I do is I blame. I find someone other than me to blame. Something happens, some situation, I get my feelings hurt. Most of you know, some of you know, I get my feelings hurt very easily. I don't know why. God made me so fragile, but my emotions are so very fragile. And so I can get my feelings hurt easily, so it's a lot, it takes a lot of practice for me to not get my feelings hurt all the time. But when I do, when I am offended, when I am hurt, I look for someone to blame. And it is never me. I am never the problem if my feelings have been hurt. I am not the one who caused that. Someone else, you, you, where are you? You, you hurt my feelings, and you are to blame for what I'm going through. And so I've been thinking about this, thinking about this idea of that, and, and maybe, you know, obviously you're not like me, and maybe you maybe have some tendencies like that, but where, where, where do you find yourself? What situations in your life do you feel the least amount of control? What situations in your life do you feel the least amount of control of yourself, not control of the situation? What situations in your life do you feel the least amount of control of yourself? Anybody feel like they're not in control of themselves around the holidays when they go visit family and everybody wants to talk to you like you're still nine years old? Anybody experience that? Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's at work. You don't feel like you're in control of yourself because that one, that one person that comes in, oh, she's the worst, isn't she? Ugh. She doesn't, she doesn't appreciate what you do at work. Or maybe it's your boss, or I don't know what it is, but where, where is it in your life that you feel like I, it's hard for you to have control of yourself? Maybe it is when you get angry, when you get upset. You have a hard time having control of yourself. What I think is that for us to move forward, 
for us to move forward, not just from pandemic life, not just from the quarantine, not just moving forward politically, not just, I'm talking about moving forward in life, moving forward in our relationships, moving forward in parenting, right? When we started this, this series, we said, this is not about moving on. I don't want you to just move on. Moving on is something you do when you say, I just want to forget what happened and I want to move on. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for myself. I want to be able to be a group of people who are brave enough to say, I'm acknowledging what happened. I know what was. I know what is. And I am choosing to move forward in this. Not ignoring what has happened, but learning from where we have been. Learning from what we have seen and saying, I am going to move forward. That's why I believe that having and practicing self-control is one of the biggest tools that you and I can have for moving forward. There's a, uh, a scripture I want to look at. Uh, actually, there's two scriptures, and if you're not from around the heart, two scriptures is basically uh, reading the whole Bible for us. So uh, we're going to look at two scriptures today. The first one is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, and we're going to look at the New Living Translation. Now, if you're following along, if you have a Bible or, you, you know, you're in the Version Bible app, it's a great way to follow along with what we're doing here on Sundays and Bible reading plans throughout the week or whatever. The Bible can be very over, overwhelming, so uh, Version, the Bible app, has uh, some uh, reading plans you can do, kind of take bite-sized chunks and get, a, get an understanding of what the Bible is trying to say, the authors of the Bible. So 2 Timothy, this is actually a letter written to a man named Timothy, okay? A guy named Paul, he writes a letter to a man named Timothy, and we are basically taking that letter out of his mailbox, which is a crime in America, and we're going to read parts of this letter. And this is, this is Paul, we're at, right at the beginning of the second letter he wrote to Timothy, or the one that we have records of, and he's writing to encourage Timothy, to encourage Timothy in the faith. And maybe some of you here today need to be encouraged in your faith. See, a lot of times we feel like if we're lacking faith, then we're doing something wrong. If we're lacking faith, then we're not trusting God enough. If we have doubt, that doubt gets in the way of our faith. And I just want to say real quick, this, is not, this has nothing to do with moving forward, or maybe it does for you. But whenever you experience doubt, whenever you have doubt, I want you to embrace that doubt. Because I believe that when you have doubt in your life, it, it creates room for faith to grow. The doubt in your life creates room for faith to grow. It creates room for you to move forward. Okay, 2 Timothy 1.7. And this might be familiar to you. You might be a familiar passage to you. 2 Timothy 1 says, let's read on the screen. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. See, right before this, Paul is encouraging Timothy, saying, don't, don't lose faith. Stay strong in your faith, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but we have a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-discipline. I think it's so fascinating that self-discipline is, is right in there with power and love. It's very empowering. I love the, I love the responsibility it creates for us. For us as humanity. Now, to be fair, Paul was not writing this letter to you and I. Paul was writing this letter to Timothy. But what's really cool about reading this particular passage, what's really cool about reading a lot of parts of the Bible, is we can pull truth from that and see how it can impact our life. And so maybe somebody in here needs to know 
that God did not intend to give us, you, me, a, a, a spirit of fear, but he intended to give us a spirit of power, of love, of self-discipline, being able to control ourselves. Okay, if you're taking notes, write this down. When you can't control the situation you're in, you can control yourself. When you can't control the situation that you're in, you can control yourself. Now, can is a very generous word for, uh, for that sentence. Because I, at least for myself, and maybe I will put this on you, controlling yourself is one of the hardest things to do in any situation. We have the worst possible view of ourselves in the room. Everyone else has a better view of our facial expressions, how we're taking something, uh, our, our, uh, our uh, nonverbal cues. Everyone else has a better view of that than we ever do. But I want to encourage you that when you can't control the situation that you're in, you can, if you want to, and you practice, and you're intentional, control yourself. I know that it's doable. It's not easy, but it's doable. Okay, if you're taking notes, write this down too. Self-control empowers you to not be the victim of your own circumstance. Now, I, I, I want to talk about this just for a second. When I say not be the victim of your own circumstance, I don't mean that if something has happened to you and you have been the victim of, of, of abuse, whether that be verbal abuse or sexual abuse or physical abuse or anything that has happened to you, I don't mean that you shouldn't be the victim. That's not what I'm saying. That is real, and, that, and you know, we want to, if you need to seek help, and we would love to ha help you seek that help and be a resource for you in any way we can. What I mean here is there are times in our life, in our relationships, our marriages, our parenting, at work, in friendships, when something happens that we don't like, when something happens and we feel offended, when something happens and we feel hurt, what, 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 what we can do sometimes is hold on to that role of the victim. And this is what I do very well, so I might just be speaking to myself here, but what we can do is say, others are to blame, others have attacked me, attacked my family, attacked what I hold dear, attacked my faith, attacked my God, attacked my church, whatever it is, and then we become the victim, and then we hold on to being that victim. And you know what happens is when you hold on, you know what happens when you hold on to being a victim? You can easily create an enemy. And I say create an enemy because this person who hurts you, and you're probably married to them, uh, this person who hurts you, <laughs> they are not evil. They are not out to get you. Most likely, obviously, your circumstance might be different. Most people are not out to get you. Most people don't even think about you that much. That I am saying to myself. <laughs> Most people don't even know they hurt you or offend you when it happens. So if we can practice self-control, if we can practice being in control of our actions, being in control of our words, being in control of our response, if we can practice that, then we become empowered to not be the victim of the circumstance that we're in, to not be the victim of what has happened to us. That's how we're able to move forward because it's very difficult to move forward 
if someone is always to blame for where we are, for who we are, for where we're going, for what we're saying. Even if we take a step back, logically, it makes no sense for someone else to be at blame for what we say. We used, when I, we, we've been on a journey in my house, um, me, my wife, and my son, and of, you know, just trying to be healthier people and learning about ourselves. And, um, you know, I'm very much the kind of person that when I find something that works for me, I am obnoxiously telling everyone about it. Um, I just recently stopped telling people to buy Apple products. So that, you know, um, on my way to salvation there, yeah, bless up, right? Um, uh, and something that we used to say is maybe you've said this before, you've heard somebody say this, like, you're, you're making me angry, you're making me upset. Maybe you've said that, maybe you've heard that. And we would always stop and say, I, I can't make you feel anything, which instantly ca uh, calms anybody down that you tell that to. That is a sure, <laughs> follow that up with, just relax, um, or try a, what's your problem? You know, these are really good ways to kind of smooth out the tensions in your house and your family. No, we would say, I can't make you feel that way, but that's not the end of the story. It's not about somebody can make you do something. It's about how can you, how can I practice controlling what I say, controlling what I do, no matter what you say or do. Because the truth is, the logical truth is, I cannot control what you say. I cannot control what you do. I can't control what happens to me at work. I can't control uh, what happens to me while I'm driving on the road. I can't control what people are going to say to me or my family. But what I can control on my best days when I have had a good night's sleep and a good breakfast and I'm in the right mindset, what I can do is control myself and respond to situations in my life as healthily as I can. Let me show you how you're empowered. Watch this. One more scripture I want to read. This is Galatians chapter 5. Galatians was actually another letter written by a man named Paul. And he wrote this letter to a group of people. And in this, he is encouraging them of what it means to live by God's spirit, the power of God's spirit. And if you're not familiar with church world or you haven't been to church in a while, there's nothing to be scared about when we talk about God's spirit. It's the way we talk about God being on earth, the way God does things on earth. God's spirit lives within us and is all around us as part of what we are doing here. And so Paul says in Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23, says the Holy Spirit, God's spirit, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Maybe you've heard it before as the fruit of the spirit, okay? Produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Watch this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. There it is again, self-control. Why is God giving us self-control? Why is that something? That is, not just one, that is not just a gift. It's one of the gifts of the spirit, something that we always have with us, something that we have been entrusted with, that we have been empowered with. We talk about choice a lot at the heart. And self-control is definitely a choice that you and I can choose to step into. You're not required to have self-control. You're not obligated to practice self-control. You are empowered to practice self-control. Okay, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. When you're capable of self-control, 
that's when you can start to see the possibility of moving forward in your life. If you're taking notes, then switch out life for whatever you need to there. When you're capable of self-control, you start to see the possibility of moving forward in your faith. When you're capable of self-control, you can start to see the possibility of moving forward in your parenting, in your marriage, in your career. What, do you, what, what is it for you? What is, I, I don't know the solution for you, right? I don't even know it for me. When you're capable of self-control, that's when you can start to see the possibility. I'm telling you that you are capable of self-control. I'm telling you it's there. I want to encourage you to practice that self-control, even in the small, even if it's going to throw out the Doritos that you have at your house, or bring it to my house, and I'll throw them away for you. It's, it's a service I'm willing to do for you. When you can see you're capable, that's when you start to see the possibility of what it looks like to move forward. The last thing I want you to write down, or take a photo of the screen, or whatever you need to do, the only path, I absolutely cannot stand absolute statements. I used to love saying absolute statements because I felt like there was an absolute right and an absolute wrong, and I always want to be absolutely right. But the older I get, I'm in my late, late, late 30s, latest 30 you could possibly be, which is 40. I, I, I like to leave room in the things that I say now. I like to leave room in the things that I say because I don't know. Anybody getting older know that the older you get, the less you know? Anybody? Or, sorry, not the less you know, the less you're sure of. <laughs> but I am going to say this today. I'm going to say the only path, the only path to self-control is being honest with yourself about who you are. How else can you control who you are if you're not even honest about who you are? See, I think a lot of the things that we talk about when it comes to praying, reading the Bible, coming to church, giving financially, going to a connect group, these are all things that we encourage you to try to do to grow your faith, and they're all perfectly great things. But I think that stepping into practicing self-control is going to be the hardest thing you might ever have to do. I think it's going to be one of the biggest steps that you could possibly take in growing your faith. It's easier to read the Bible 10 minutes a day than it is to practice self-control when someone makes you angry, when someone hurts the feelings of someone that you love, when you get overlooked at work, when someone else takes credit for something you have done. That's when we learn the self-control that we actually have. When someone online disagrees with us, when someone online says something that is terrible, and, and, and how we respond to that. How we respond to that externally says something about the way that we have self-control, self and how we respond to that internally says something about the way we practice self-control. So I don't, know, I don't know about you, but for myself, I feel like this is the biggest challenge I can give you, is to practice self-control even if it's the rest of the day, for this week? What does it look like for you to have self-control? It's a practice. Self-control is a practice. It's a journey without a final destination because as soon as you get a little bit of victory, as soon as you get a little bit of self-control, there's going to be one more battle, one more thing we're going to face in life. And I'm not trying to speak negative over you. That's how life goes. That's why we always get a chance to practice self-control. We always get a chance to practice patience. We always get a chance to practice love. We always get a chance to practice joy.
But what's cool is these are the fruits of the Spirit of God that God has put in us, that God has given us. And not given us because we're, we, we, we claim to be Christian, not given to you once you say yes to God. These are things that God has put inside humanity. You don't need to be a Christian to practice self-control. You don't need to believe in God to be able to practice self-control. Self-control is something that you and I can do as human beings. And what it does is it helps us to move forward as a family. It helps us to move forward as a community. And it can help us to move forward in our faith. So if you could, I want you to close your eyes real quick and bow your head. I want to pray for you this morning. And I want to give you a challenge this morning. I want you to practice self-control. Maybe for you that's at work. Maybe that one person comes by and you always have to say what you think. You always got an opinion, don't you? Maybe for you it's that. Maybe for you it's practicing self-control in the kitchen like it is for me. Maybe for you it's practicing self-control and not watching another, an extra show this week that you said you wouldn't do. Maybe for you it's practicing self-control in your marriage or as a parent. I want to challenge you to practice that self-control this week and see what that looks like. See what that does for you. If you think you're down for that, you want to take that challenge, on the count of three, put your hand up. Let's do it. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Leave it there just for a second. All right, put your hand down. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful to be able to be a group of people who are loved by you, who are seen by you, who are known by you. I pray that uh, this week as we practice self-control, that we'd be able to forgive ourselves for any mistakes that we make, we would be able to trust you in, in the process of it and to trust the people around us. Thank you for the community that we have around us. We love you. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, our mission and goal is to connect people to the heart of God. If you would like to pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ, please visit us at www.theheart.church for more information. If today's message connected with you, We want to invite you to share it with someone who might benefit from it. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we'd like to invite you to visit us this Sunday morning. We have two experiences for you to choose from at 9.30 and 11 a.m., all happening at the Spot Cinema House and Eatery. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how our relationships grow and how your faith grows.